What's going on, guys? Welcome to season two of Serendipity Podcast, episode three. We hope you guys enjoy the show. Oak, you want to talk about what we discussed? Hey, man, it was just the same pot of soup that we heated. Yes, sir. We're going to talk about um, the power of submission. Mm-hmm. And then we'll get into this thing called racism and sexism. Yes, sir. Which one plagues us more? Yes, sir. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Serendipity with Inky Johnson, as well as across all podcast platforms. Be sure to like, subscribe, share, and comment. Thank you for watching the show. What's going on, guys? Welcome to Season 2, Episode 3 of Serendipity Podcast. Talk to the people, my guy. How you doing? Oh, man, I'm great. Thank you guys for tuning in, listening in on whatever digital platform you're joining us. We uh, very much appreciate it. Um, Man, I'm wonderful. Yeah. Day day going good? Uh, I tell you, man, if you're going in a better way, I got to go. Heaven. Heaven. <laughs> if we're doing it a better, I had to be in heaven, man. Yeah. yeah. I got Being you. here with you, you know, anytime I get a chance to kick it with you, though, for real, it's a, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. Likewise, man, likewise. I read a quote, Oh, I want to start us off with. I read a quote by a cat by the name of James Clear, and he says, ambition is when you close the gap between your expectations and your circumstances. Mm-hmm. Entitlement mm-hmm. is when you expect others to close the gap between your expectations and your circumstances. What comes to mind? We're closing the gap, right? Closing the gap. Well, the first thing, honestly speaking, Inc., man, the first thing is a lot of the young people, a lot of the people where you grew up, even now where I grew up, Mm-hmm. Um, there's not ambition and there's not entitlement. Hmm. That is just like for real, like lost. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Because in both of those definitions, right, right, it presupposes that someone is trying to get to another level, gotcha. which means there's a level of hope that they have. Mm-hmm. And what come to mind is what about those people who are, who are hopeless? Yeah. Who feel like, you know, their circumstances and their situations is in, in, in such a way that I, wh- why even try? Mm. Why even try to go get a job? Why even try to go to school? Why even try to go better myself? Why even try to go start a business or whatever, you know, they want to do, right? So, it's like, you know, the the double-edged sword of even like with COVID. You got people who, who came up, no doubt. who won, Crushed it. winning. Yeah. And then you got others who was sunk so deep into the hole of despair. Yeah. That, well, I, don't, I mean, you know, just out of my faith, I know we're going to come out, they're going to come out of it, we're going to come out of it with them. Right. But... It just, I don't know, it's, it's mind-boggling to me in that sense. Like, people, I don't know, it's around the time when y'all were born, but uh, Jesse Jackson was running for president. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I thought it was kind of cheesy, but his, his thing was keep hope alive. Mm. And as I've gotten older, I really get it. Yeah. Because 
you know, um, uh, 1 Corinthians 13 chapter, faith, hope, and love. You yeah. know, faith has its place, and we talked about faith a little bit. And people talk about love. Rarely do we give the reverence to to hope that we should. Yeah. Cause when you when you lost hope, yeah. talk to me. It's everything, right? I think hope hope is what makes cats in the face of opposition, adversity, challenges, in the face of trying to close the gap mm-hmm. between dreams, goals, and aspirations, and circumstance and environment. Because I believe you can go into certain environments and acquire hope. Yes. Right? When I say acquire, not purchase, acquire hope from the environment that you're in, what you see. Right? It's like when I was a kid and I would get to travel within sports and you would see certain places, see certain neighborhoods, right? See certain things, exposure. It gave me hope. But I would still come back to that two bedroom house with 14 people. Mm-hmm. I would still come back to sleeping on the floor with roaches and rats. Beautiful. Loved it. But because I was getting constant, consistent exposure, it kept my hope alive. Right. 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 And so I was able right. to bridge the gap because I was being consistent in terms of, all right, environment, all right, goals, dreams, aspirations. All right. I see it on a consistent basis. And so it fuels my hope. But yeah. I believe when one loses hope, it's hard, it's tough, it's challenging because I think hope is that bridge, hope is that fire, hope is that thing that makes you rise like a phoenix from the ashes and go get it yeah. because you got hope, right? Yeah. That right. things are gonna get better and you can accomplish something even when others don't see it. Yeah. And so when one has lost it, I think it's a challenge to try to acquire it back, but also to just keep it alive, like you said. I, man, I'm, I promise you, that's my... If 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 that is a thing, ministry, right? Like I can walk in faith. I can walk in faith. The faith has never been, um, you know, a struggle for me. Mm-hmm. Like I've always had faith. Love definitely is not a struggle. Yeah. But that hope, it you have, for me. This is just my personal testimony, right? I have to be consistently reminded of the possibilities. Mm-hmm. meaning just being in places, as you said, go and experience things yeah. to, to keep that hope energized and, 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 and going. Gotta cultivate that hope. And so, you know, that, and that's one of the main components for me in terms of education. Like, I just believe that I, I was an assistant principal at Crawford Loan Middle School, right? right. And um, one of the things that I'm proudest of is I started an initiative and for the eighth graders to go on a college tour. Nice. You know what I'm saying? We went down to Vat Austin, went to Florida State, went to Florida A&M. Nice. Da, 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 da. But then the next year we went, we toured Miss uh, Tennessee, ended up at Alabama A&M. Um, Shout out then, to my wife, Alabama A&M. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mess with her about it all the time. <laughs> Shout out to my wife. Um, and then, you know, we came back to Atlanta. But one of the things that really struck me was a teacher, Ms. Sheila Faison. She she was in tears and she wanted a hard. She old school. Yeah. Old school, That's right? A different type of tough. Right. Tough. Yeah. And uh, she was in tears because she realized what exposing the young people to just being on the college campus, going to eat lunch in the cafe, yeah. right? How that instilled a level of hope. Mm. Now, what they did with it, where they took it, cool. 
who knows? Meaning they may have ended up going to school and, and, and going to these different avenues after graduation. Great. Yeah. Yet it cannot even manifest without hope. Yeah. Right. So those people who are ambitious, they got to start with hope. Those people who are entitled, they given hope. They born in, in with hope. Like hope, what? That's nothing. Yeah. That's just part of the process. It's part of, yeah. You know, shoot, yeah. I got that. Yeah. Right. But then there's this section and sector of people. Yeah. And they just hope, just so happen to look like us. Yeah. Yeah. That hope is different. That hope is different, bro. That definition of hope is different. Yeah. Yeah. It is 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 life sustaining or it's life depleting. Mm. Yeah. So when I'm 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 when I meet people and looking them in the eye, all I'm trying to do is just give them hope. That's what my hug means. That's yeah. what that's what my what's up, Thundercat? No doubt. I'm no just doubt. trying to give you hope, man. No doubt. You know, and um I I'm entitled. Yeah. See, I believe it's not just people who don't look like us or people who are um, of European descent, uh, they don't have a, a, a monopoly on entitlement. Mm. I'm entitled. Mm. I'm entitled because uh, Lucy Lee Couch prayed for me. Yes, sir. I'm entitled because yeah. Animal Mitchell sacrificed for me, invested in me. Yes, sir. Right? So I got an entitlement. Mm -hmm. I'm entitled to be happy. Mm. I'm entitled to have joy. Yes, I'm entitled to succeed. Yes, sir. Right? See, we get taught that entitlement is a negative term, bro. Mm. Yeah. No, I'm entitled to be here. No doubt. My folks came across the Atlantic Ocean, yeah. endured the Middle Passage, yes, sir. endured the seasoning process. Mm -hmm. They endured this thing called slavery. They endured this thing called Jim Crow. They endured... Yeah. See, my, you know what I'm saying? Imagine you know your brother, your, your son hanging from a rope, mm. hanging from a tree on a rope, and you still here. I'm entitled, ain't yes, it? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Talk about it. Talk I'm about entitled it. to be great, bro. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Birthright. I was born to do this. Birthright. And not me personally, or not Absolutely. just me personally, but anybody who walked, if you came through a woman's birth canal, then God said, Yes, sir. You have the right to be great. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because he or she, or however you see God, don't make no mess. Mm. Right? Absolutely. So I'm entitled. Mm. So entitlement, I want us to begin to reconstruct the notion of what entitlement is. Yeah. Yeah, you entitled. Yeah, you are. Everyone is. Mm -hmm. There's <laughs> everyone is entitled to yeah. be great. That's good, man. That's good. I'm glad you spent that like that, because it can it can change one's perspective. But also, while you were saying that, it made me think of something that I want to segue to. Like it bothers me when I hear cats speak and speak and refer to where they come from. So you just said, I'm entitled. And you named the people that prayed for you, believed in you, sacrificed for you, right? Mm -hmm. And that creates a level of entitlement in terms of what you feel you're destined to accomplish, your birthright, right? Yeah, yeah. It bothers me when I hear people speak and say, I come from nothing, right? 
I don't come from nothing. I come. I don't come from nothing. Right. 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 Oftentimes, my mind refers back to like your grandma something all day, all your, day. Your mother day. something all day, every day, sir. And twice right? on Sunday. Come on, like now. your lineage is something. Yes. Right. Yes. Speaking about it in the terms of when we talk and we refer to generational wealth, oftentimes we speak about it from a monetary standpoint. Right. When we talk about generational wealth. Right. You just say I'm entitled because you name people in your family that's prayed for you that came before you. Yes, sir. Right. And so when we speak about generational wealth, when we speak about where we come from, there's a negative connotation based upon whether it be superficial materialistic, whether it be environment, whether it be a home, whether it be a circumstance, whether it be the dynamics of a home. Mm -hmm. Right. And so when I think about the entitlement that you just spoke on. When I think about where we come from sometimes in this world and we say we come from nothing. No, bro, you come from something. Man, we're the children of Africa, bro. You come bro. from greatness. You know what I'm saying? Come on you come now. from that, right? Yes. And then when we speak generational wealth, oftentimes we speak about one dynamic of it. Yeah, wealth, money, that's a part of it. Mm -hmm. But the real generational wealth is what you just spoke to. Grandma praying for me. Yes. Mother praying for me. Aunts, uncles, fathers praying, uncle praying for me. Grandfather. Praying for me, yeah, right? Believing yeah. in me, seeing something in me when I couldn't see it in myself, giving mm -hmm. me things that you can't calculate, you can't go in a book and read it, you can't get on Google and find it. That's generational wealth. Seeing something in me when I couldn't see it in myself and saying, young blood, you got it. Yeah. You got the juice, man. Go yep. do something with it. Yep. And the world can't take that, right? No. Why don't we value that? Because, well, A, it's it, it just not taught. Right. We don't we don't teach from the standpoint of those things that are intangible. Mm -hmm. Right. We don't teach that for me being waking up at four thirty, five o'clock in the morning, going to cut firewood because we got a wooden heater. And we doing this for next year. Next year. Right. Because we already got the wood for this year. We got to go cut down the trees for next year. Then I got to chop it up and do this, that, and the third. That was just my story. But everybody, if you just look at, look back and just wonder on, on your story, everything that you've done is for you to be here right now. Mm. Right? And the right. fact that you're here right now is your wealth. Yeah. It goes to gratitude. We can make all these dots connect, man. Right. That's why we that's why we have gratitude. That's why we 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 just in the moment um, of our own understanding, our own greatness, because you're here, understanding your divinity. Mm -hmm. Right. Because you're here. But we don't teach that. We always teach people that greatness, wonderfulness, um, that which is divine is outside of ourselves. Yeah. It's something that you're always trying to chase. Bingo. Yep. You're born with it. Born with it. And I think that that's essentially like the the theme in which I came to you guys and met you guys with. Right? Mm -hmm. The theme was you're born to be great. You're already great. You're already divine. Now let's just carve it out for Absolutely. yourselves individually. But the notion of divinity, no, nah, you, you got it. Yeah. But it was a novelty. It is a novelty to people because it's not taught. Absolutely. Because if you ever teach a people, if you ever like folks, us who came across the Atlantic Ocean, if we ever understand the true brilliance 
of our divinity, mm-hmm. then it's going to be a problem yeah. for other people. They feel like, right? right? But it's, it, it won't be a problem. It's going to be peace. Mm-hmm. It's going to be peace. Yeah. When you understand your own greatness, you ain't trying to bother nobody, bro. No doubt. Or you don't want what somebody else got. Exactly. Exactly. Right? You're not trying to aspire to that next lane over there. Yeah. Yeah. You're just trying to get your, you're trying to get what is rightfully born, rightfully yours. Absolutely. Right? But we, we, we really don't, we don't teach that. I got you. We don't teach it. So it's, it's hard for us. And so that goes to, again, like for me, asking you, mm-hmm. what, do you what, what is it that you think uh, some of the foundational components of, of self-mastery is? Like to get to that place of of peace and understanding that not saying you don't have worries, not saying you don't have opposition and this, that, and other, but just a place of man, I'm good. I'm happy. Yeah. I'm joyous. Mm-hmm. You know, you get a but what what is, you know, for you, what are some of the foundations of of your peace, what what yeah. for you to obtain peace? What is it that you had to acquire? Um, I I believe this. I subscribe to this train of thought that everything that happens or transpires in my life is interconnected to my growth mm-hmm. and betterment as a human, and that's the way I acquire peace. So when something doesn't turn out the way I want it to, my thought process is, especially when it shows up and I didn't warn it. Now, when something is self-inflicted from decisions, choices, how we do things, yeah. I, I see how that happened. I could trace how that happened. I could look at my decisions, my choices, and see what it warranted. But when something shows up, like a COVID mm-hmm. hits the world, right. a pandemic right. hits the world, my injury, I'm playing ball. Some people say, oh, man, you want to make a tackle. That's how it happened. But for my life to spiral the way that it did mm-hmm. and get to the space and place that I now am, like, when I look at it, I firmly believe everything is interconnected. Things that go my way, things that don't go my way. A flight delayed, flight not delayed. Right. Right? Person I meet, person I don't meet. A meeting that happens as opposed to a meeting that didn't happen. I firmly believe everything is interconnected to my betterment as a human being. And so, therefore, I, I just charge it all to the game. And that brings me <laughs> peace. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Like, when I was young, I would try to force stuff. Right? A flight delay. I think I can. I can make the flight leave. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you young. You just want to get to where you got to get. Right. How the flight delay, man? Right. Is there another pilot? Y'all need me to, y'all need me to fly. I fly the. I was trying to fly the plane. You know what I'm saying? Like you young. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You just you yeah. ambitious. You driven, but you blinded. Mm-hmm. You got several blind spots that's going to disturb that peace daily, yeah. right? And you get to a space and place to where. They say, hey, man, flight delayed. Cool. What am I being protected from? Exactly. You hit a traffic patch. Cool. What am I being protected from? And you just start thinking about things differently because of, you know, the train of thought that you subscribe to Mm -hmm. in terms of understanding or believing that everything is interconnected. What about for yourself? What? The question you just asked me? What did I ask you? About what contributes to your self-mastery every single day in life that brings you peace? I learned before I had the ability to say no or reject it, I learned to submit. 
Submission is submission is the number one first and foremost key. Tell me, tell me to being successful at whatever it is that you want. Tell to be me how successful. you define submission. Because one would hear submission and think submission. Like, yeah, submission. Submit. Yeah, <laughs> submit. I said it, and that's what I mean. <laughs> Tell what, what they mean? What's submission? I'm, I'm saying when you hear submit, what you think? I know what it means because it means you, but I know they don't. They probably don't know. Some people gonna know, but what do they think when when you say submission? Um, it it really is the understanding that you're not an island. It's the understanding that something has happened, things have happened, people have come before you, mm. right? Yeah. So. What they have to offer, what the universe has to offer, yeah. you're open to it. So gotcha. how, you can't be you can't be vulnerable without submitting. Gotcha. Right. And if you're not vulnerable, this is the connectedness, right? If you're not vulnerable, meaning vulnerable being open, right? Right. Then you can't receive whatever blessings, lessons that God got for you. Mm-hmm. As CeeLo said, well, I wonder sometimes if these gate these gates were put up to keep crime out or to keep our ass in, mm. right? So- Run that back, who said it? CeeLo. CeeLo, yeah. What'd he say? Uh, cell therapy, I, he said sometimes, something goes like, you know, I wonder if the gates were put up in apartments, right? Absolutely. You put the gates up in the apartments up, yeah. to keep crime out or to keep, keep our ass in. Yeah. What, what I, how I get that or how I receive that is, you put up your walls, great, you protect it, but God can't come through that. God, in fact, you know what I'm saying? The universe, the blessings, they're not trying to break down your walls. Who, yeah. who are you? you? You're not that great that I got to break down walls to bless you. you. Yeah. Right. The work you got to do is to be open. Mm. That's good. So in order to be open, or not or in order to be open, but once you're open, then you're able to submit. You submit to, this is how you know you submit. What's three plus five? You submitted to that thought, to that process, to that teaching, that three and five is eight. Mm-hmm. So everything that you know, everything that you believe, you got it, you acquired it because you had to submit to it first. Gotcha. Right? Yep. So submission is comes before any and everything else. Mm. The catch is the older you get, right? You and and what happens when you get older? You have experiences and you have thoughts, and your and your ego begins to form. Mm-hmm. Then it becomes harder to submit to something mm. because you got your you've developed your own way. Yeah. So it, it, as young old folk would say, it's easier. You know what I'm saying? Bend the sap when it's young, mm. right? Because the sap from the tree when it's when it when it's young is soft, gotcha. right? But as it get old, it get hard. So if you try to bend sap when it's when it's old and hard, when you bend it, it's gonna break. Mm. And that's why people's spirits are broken. Yeah. Because life is going to bend your ass. You better believe it. Right? You're going to be bent. Mm-hmm. You're gonna be, you know, tested. You gotta go th- you're gonna go through the fire. That's just it. That's just what it's it inevitable. is, right? It's gonna happen. So you as a youngster, you learn submission. So for me, I remember one time I got off the school bus and uh, said to my granddad Lewis, 
Um, he asked us something, and I said, yeah. Man, I, I had, I promise you, I thought I was finna go meet God that day. <laughs> he came, he came out of that cornfield and jumped right. This old man now, right there, old at this time, had the hole in his hand. Yeah. Boy, don't you ever say, what you say? Yeah. Yes, sir. Oh, I thought so. Uh -huh. That's the only time I ever not said, yes, sir, yes, sir. no, sir, to my granddad. Yeah. Right? And he was saving my life right there. Mm. Submission will save a man or woman's life. Yeah. Or the lack thereof is its destruction. Mm. Submit, yeah. man. Submit. Yeah. That's good, man. There's so many cats that don't reach their potential. There's so many young ladies that don't reach their potential because they think they already know. No. Yeah. Ain't got this this um I call it a bull in the past. Gotcha. Right? And with the bull and the pastor, it's simply this. You got the young bull, the big bull, the old oh. bull. And it's all predicated on submission. Gotcha. The young bull out there, he, he read it. You read it. You got it. But you got to submit to the big bull. Mm -hmm. And the big bull submits to the old bull. Mm -hmm. And that process just continues. Yeah. That's, that's just the way life is. Yeah. And if you when you step outside of that, that's when you have... You know, you just face the obstacles and you're not able to overcome them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's it. Just just submit. Not and I'm saying just submit like it's easy. It's not. Right. But it's easy for a four year old. Absolutely. It's easy for a three year old to submit. I okay. and not necessarily make you because you don't have anything to juxtapose submission to. Mm. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You learn to walk. You don't you don't fight not walking. Absolutely. Yeah. But then you get 30, you somebody say, come on, man, let's you go run a mile. Man, you ain't running nowhere, ain't going nowhere. Yeah. What? Yeah. Because you don't got old enough now because you got a decision. You can make a decision to whether you do it or not. Mm -hmm. So you teach young people to submit early. So then when they get old enough to make decisions for themselves, they're going to make smart decisions. Yeah, that's good. That's good. And it's necessary and vital, but oftentimes it's not always valued because we don't think in the latter, in terms of the principles, the lessons, the things that we're teaching right now when they're younger, like how it's gonna show up and produce later on in their life. Mm -hmm. It's like, what I used to be telling cats in sports, oh, like when I speak to sports, like when cats think it's just about sports, I'm like, you're missing the boat. Yeah. Like I ain't talking football, just to no. be talking football. Right. I'm talking about the process and how I applied myself, it saved my life. Mm -hmm. Like I only knew one way, one train of thought, not in terms of one dimensional one way. I'm right. talking about the way I showed up and went about my work every single day, the way I lived my life, submission of ego, yes. the way I approach my craft, the way I treated things, the way I go about my business. Right? It's like people see me with my children. They're like, oh man, like you got to want them to be great in the sport. I'm like, like what makes you think that in my career ended? <laughs> yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I gave yeah. everything to it. And my career ended. Mm -hmm. But you still think, I just want them to be great at a sport. Like, I worked from 7 to 20, and it ended in a day, in a moment. A moment. So you in think I'm pressing him just to be great at a sport? Nah. If anybody knows that it can end, I know. Yeah. But also, I know what helped me survive the moment. Right. What so was that? What was that? The spirit that I had cultivated, day in, day out, the way I went about my business, mm -hmm. the mentality. The process, 
I couldn't run a 4-3 when I was in the hospital. Right. I couldn't guard a receiver when I was in the hospital. I couldn't go in the weight room and bench press 320. None of that mattered. But the process and the principles and the submission every single day, that saved my life. Yeah. And so when I'm pushing my son or daughter to say, hey, do this, hey, do that, and somebody says to me, you just want them to be great at a sport? When a coach says, hey, man, I know you want them to be really great. That's awesome. I might be like, yeah, cool. Mm-hmm. But in my head, I'm like, nah, you're missing the boat. I want them to be trained for 20, 30, 40, 50 years past the sport. Yeah. From the spirit that they've cultivated and the mentality they've cultivated from the vehicle of sports. Yes. yes. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. It, speaking to what yes. you're speaking to. That, that's it. That's uh, what athletics is. You know what I'm saying? Is it, life circumstances are just the vehicles to get to get us to get to the place of getting the lessons. Absolutely. To being the best of ourselves, right? Yeah. Period. Point blank. So um, I just I don't know, man. But submission for real, man. Submission is for real. And not saying that I I won at it though, because there are places and times where I didn't submit. There are places and times now where I'm still bullheaded. Right. But I know as a principle, submission got to come first. Yeah. Nothing can happen of any circumstance or, or, of that's going to be substantial if you don't submit. Yeah. Right. So my uh, question to you is, yeah. God, let me just throw this out there. I haven't really asked you. Yeah. And. You know, we we just always talking about the state of uh, the the culture, the community, whatever. And I'm mainly in this case talking about people of African descent. Which one is worse, mm-hmm. sexism or racism? True. Really throwing that out. Two. Um. And why? I want to. I, mean, I want to say. I want to say, racism. Um, just because of the history of of racism, mm-hmm. and how it's penetrated almost every sector and aspect of life. But also, sexism has done the same thing. But when you think about racism, in terms of from a race standpoint, like to you speaking to our race at, at this particular time. I would say racism, right? Because yeah. of you know the thoughts, the the, the liabilities, the the limits that we put on ourselves, um, the blinders that we go into environments and societies with, um, the shallowness of thought based upon racism. Mm-hmm. And just what it's done to us as a culture and as a race and as a people. Yeah. Oh, man, come on now. Sexism is, you know, I would say it's right there behind it. But I would have to pick racism. What would you pick and why? Mm. I I guess I've been in this place for a a few years. And I just think our our detriment starts. When I say detriment... Mm -hmm. However ill our society is in terms of black people, right? Yeah. Is because we 
have yet to figure out means and mechanisms of how to walk out of sexism. Mm -hmm. Because with racism, whoever that ad adverse person is, right. um, they are not necessarily my brother and sister or a person that I'm going to call my wife, you know, right? right? No doubt. So the, the, the foundation of even a family, and we're talking about young people and, and just providing everything that we talked about, mm -hmm. starts with a man and a woman being like this. Yeah. And if we are of the same right, race, and we still can't get along and, because we're of our gender, Mm -hmm. then regardless of if, if racism were to end tomorrow, we still would be in the same place. Think so? Because we do not value women. Mm. Yeah. When we get to the place where we value women as much as we value ourselves, mm -hmm. then racism going to just fall to the back. Because yeah. we're greater than racism. No doubt. No. We're greater than racism. But we're not greater than ourselves. <laughs> yeah. Whatever number yeah. you tell me, uh-huh. I'm gonna tell you that same number. Is that the number that I tell you greater? Right. No, you tell me hundred and I say hundred. Which right. one greater? Right. Right? Yeah. You say Allison, I say Inky. Which one greater? Mm -hmm. Same, same hundred. But we don't believe that. Mm. Somewhere somebody believed that the Allison is greater than the Inky, and somebody else believed that the in Inky is greater than the Allison. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. So then what about what about the children? Mm. Yeah. So now their whole foundation, they just have they struggling now. Yeah. Because they can't see this man and this woman being together as one. Mm -hmm. yeah. Now when you go outside your house, that's racism. Right. But upon this house, well, me and mine, if it's strong, mm -hmm. if it, if it's firm and that foundation is right, you can't lose. How would you teach a, a brother that? Or not even teach, instruct. How would you, how would you press that upon, sir? Okay, I don't know. <laughs> I ain't lying. I mean, I'm just giving. I don't. I mean, like I said, you know, being around and learning from in the African rights passion, really learning from Dr. Black, whatever. Just even being introduced to it. But I grew up in the. I grew up in a culture of patriarchy. Yeah. I am in a culture of patriarchy. Yeah. I am in a culture of sexism. So, and a lot of times, I, 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 this may sound crazy, I empathize with white people. Because mm. they're trying to figure out, the ones who are really trying to figure it out, right? Trying to figure out their role and their place as a white person in juxtaposition to a black person. Right. I'm trying to figure out my place in juxtaposition as a man to a woman. Because yeah. if you're talking about a man and a woman, I'm winning. Yeah. Because of patriarchy. So I got to dismantle that. Right. You ask how? I'm just tell you, I don't know. Mm -hmm. yeah. The dialogue, the talk, <laughs> be quiet, <laughs> listen, shut up, submit. Yeah, submit, absolutely. Let me tell you what a cat say, right? Cats say this on social media. I shared a situation with me and Ink, and uh, we was riding me, Ink, Jay, Allison, my whole family. But Ink brought the situation up. We was riding by the two buildings. 
the king and the queen buildings of Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And Ink posed the question. He said, Daddy, are those the king and the queen buildings of Atlanta? And I was like, yeah. You know what I'm saying? He looked at him. He's like, man, it looked like the king building might be bigger. Like, that might be the... I was like, huh? I was like, Ink, you take chess club, right? Like, yeah, I take chess club. I was like, what's the most powerful piece on the chessboard? He was thinking about it. He was like, well, the king. I was like, yeah, the king, all right. I was like, but what's the most powerful piece on the chessboard? Like, on the chessboard, what's the most powerful piece? He's like, the queen. I said, why? You can move at any amount of spaces, any angle. You could do a lot with that queen chess piece, right? He was like, yeah. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's the mm-hmm. most powerful piece in the family, mm-hmm. right? Cat hit me on social media. Nah, bro, the man. Oh. That man ain't. <laughs> I was like, nah. I'm like, you married? You got a family, right? How did you grow up? How do you see it? Yeah. Right? But I didn't knock his perspective. His perspective was based upon man providing, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Machoism, whatever the case may be. I see, I see. You might be a few years younger than me as well. Mm-hmm. Right? And so I didn't knock his perspective, but that's what his perspective was based upon. Yeah. It was almost as if he was comparing himself to a woman saying, I'm stronger than a woman. Right. Right. In what way? You looking at it like weight room stuff. Right. Like my wife has taught me so much. I ain't even saying because you're in the room, but really in terms of like I say this all the time. People come up to me and say, man, you could speak, man. Like I love to hear you speak. Yeah. I say, but my wife taught me how to communicate. Right. Right. Like I'm pressing to be an effective communicator. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so when cats look at it, I think oftentimes it's looked at. From the standpoint of machoism, when you're looking at a man and a woman, it's not so much about like we talk hard skills, soft skills that day Mm -hmm. and things that Mm -hmm. we can bring to the table, different skill sets, different abilities. And so, yeah, I I feel you. I feel you. I'm picking up what you're putting down. I see. I got you. (laughs) Yeah, man. I I just think um, and it's not a it's not enough emphasis. Mm -hmm. And what is beginning to happen is we're taking the the whole notion of man, woman, gender, all of that equity and stuff, and we're running with it. And it's cool. It's cool. I think gender equity is cool, right? right? And more than cool. It is magnificent. There's not words I can't even figure out how to say how, think, how wonderful I think it is. Right. What's problematic, though, is we're still using the same paradigm mm-hmm. of that we would use in terms of race, in terms of who's better, who, like, like it's, it's almost like when we say um, we gave a woman an opportunity, mm. right? Yeah. You can't give no woman shit, who is you? <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Yeah, You're still coming yeah, from like a positional yeah. dominance yep. perspective. Yep, yep, yep. And I'm saying that is the root of our situation, bro. Mm. Our, whatever ills us, yeah. it will begin to start healing when we, as when men and women are able to stand as equals, like mm. for real, for real. Yeah. Like, why are we even having mm-hmm. uh, debates about whether a woman can have an abortion or not? Mm. What? What? What do you? First off, yeah. shut up. Right. Right. <laughs> 
<laughs> tell, tell him. Tell him in the camera. Oh, tell shut him shut up, up, man. Tell him shut up, man. You ain't walked yeah. not one day yeah. and carrying not one child. What this woman decided to do with her body is her business, period. Not you, one month. But, but this the flip side. When I want to go watch the ball game in my little, you know, yeah, in my little chair or whatever, place, whatever, no shut up. Mm. Talk to him. Right? right? That's all I'm saying. Like, whatever, where my role is, I'm going to stay in it. Let me have it, please. Yeah. And whatever yours is, I'm going to stay out of it. Yeah. And in terms of, you know, you know, your support, what you want, what you need, what, what you desire, I got you. I'm not trying to interject, interject myself into it, though. Meaning, so that even the thought of being able to interject yourself into that, that is what patriarchy, that's the ills of patriarchy. Yeah. Right? Yep. And when that, once that gets removed, then I think we'll be able to walk in such a way that we, we've never seen before. Mm-hmm. In terms of, of the peace in the place of freedom, in the place of liberation. Like people are fighting for it, but we just still got to understand the nuances of sexism yeah. and patriarchy and how it is just really just, just almost destroying us. Yeah. Like it, and so it just has to be addressed. That's why I asked the question because, yeah. you know, rarely do we, we find spaces where people talk, talk about, about you know, sexism being such an ill, yeah. you know? made me think about something though and you hit me about it and i want to talk about it because this cat you know he speaks to it sometimes but you know i think he's broadened the dialogue about a lot of different stuff with the undercurrent of something that we spoke about prior to the dave Chappelle latest special Mm. the closer (laughs) what you think about that man what's your thoughts about the closer I just finished it on... Chappelle said, some people call me the GOAT. <laughs> some people call me the GOAT. I, and I, one of my partners, he, he hit me up, hit it up on Facebook. He was like, man, he he's a great comedian. Mm-hmm. He's an even greater TED talker. Yeah, it was phenomenal. Because he, he was teaching class, man. He yeah. taught class on the closer. And, um, you know, I'm not going to get into a lot of the specifics. Yeah. What it really made me think about is just how people or society don't see or can't see or won't see or just, you know the big picture. Mm-hmm. Like people are caught up in thinking that this man literally is talking about a, 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 a sector of society, right? And has an issue with a sector of society. Mm-hmm. When in reality, and always as he said it, his issue is with the notion of white supremacy. Right. Yeah. That's it. If we're able to address that, and again, going back to sexism, mm-hmm. right? Once you eradicate sexism, mm-hmm. then now white supremacy cannot stand because you've removed one of the pillars of how it is the foundation of it. Yeah. Right. Because the notion of supremacy in and of itself, like you can't you got to have sexism, you got to have racism because all of that is built on the notion of supremacy, meaning you're somebody somewhere is more supreme Supreme than somebody else. Absolutely. Yeah. So once you begin to eradicate the isms and the archies, then the white supremacy is eradicated. Absolutely. 
then now I get a chance to see the fullness of an Inca Johnson, the fullness of a Isaiah Mitchell, the fullness of any and everybody. Mm-hmm. The greatness of them will come and shine through because now you're not fighting ghosts. You're not carrying burdens. You're not a person of trauma. You're able to heal yeah. and move through things. But because we have the isms, yeah. we have the archies, it keeps us in some way, or it keeps us in bondage, or you spend your time trying to get out of bondage rather than spending your time trying to manifest the greatness that's in you. Right. I don't know if I'm making sense yeah. or not, man. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm just talking. <laughs> I'm just talking. You know, my bad. Yeah, the, be- the beauty, though, one of the beauties of what, what Chappelle spoke about, like you said, not speaking to the specifics of it, but when he used the situation with the woman, Mm-hmm. That was his friend, mm-hmm. yes. right? Yeah. And talking to the woman that was his friend. But this, I'm going to speak about that situation, but I'm going to interconnect it to something with our race and growing up as a young man in America and how I thought about certain things. He spoke about the situation with the woman that was his friend, right? Connected to a certain group, right? And mm-hmm. he talked about her in such a way to where she was his friend, she thought a certain way, she acted a certain way, and the group that she belonged to Right, ended up doing certain things to her. She ended up passing away, not speaking to the specifics of that, right? From the pressures, I would say, of a certain situation and what she dealt with, right? It makes me think about this, right? When I would see, like, I got a little cousin that just got shot six times. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I know. Right? Yeah. I shot six times. You know him, right? Get into a confrontation at a club. Whatever happens, happens. Get aired out six times. By the grace of God, he lives, right? Now, his life is about to be different. Mm-hmm. His journey moving forward is about to be different. But when I would see on TV, like I don't even watch the news no more. When I would see on TV, young brother shot, killed, right? You were here somewhere, young brother shot, killed, cat got robbed. You know what I'm saying? Cat ran up in somebody's house kill this person, did this to this person, right? I always used to think in terms of, do they know? Hmm. Always. Do they know? And when I say do they They know, know. do they know the journey our people have traveled? (laughs) Do they know what our people have been through? Do they know how we've even gotten to this point? Yeah. Do they know all that have transpired as a result of them getting to the... Have they ever watched the I Have a Dream speech? Do they know some of the pillars in our community as people, what they went through, whether it's Garvey, whether it's X, whether it's King, whether it's Rosa Parks, whether it's Coretta Scott? Do they know? Because if we know, ain't no way I can kill you over a pair of shoes. Thank you. Ain't no way I'll run up in your mother's house, put a gun in your mother's face for some money. If I know. Right. Ain't no way it's a confrontation that can make me take my brother's life in the park. If I know. Right? And so oftentimes when I think about it, I just be like, man, do they know? No. They don't. Like, think about, think of, think of it this way. You went from kindergarten to graduate school. Mm-hmm. And how many of those classes, all the classes, all the days you spent in school, Mm -hmm. probably maybe for one year, where it was ingrained in you, 
that you are the children of Africa, the descendants of very great people. One year. That's that's the reason we said it every day. Mm. Cause we're fighting everything that coming in, all the wonderful teachings, all the degrees. Mm-hmm. Right? Yet there's not a systematic, formalized way in which you understand anybody that goes to school who happens to be of African descent is going unless they decide to take certain classes in or just so happen to come across certain teachers that understand their own value, their own worth, their own greatness, how beautiful and divine that they are. So the answer to your question, hell no, they don't know. Mm. And it's designed that way, bro. Mm. In fact, it has gotten to a point, it would get to a point where I was in college because I'm going through this process, right? Of Africa, even my own folk, is he crazy or something? He done lost his mind because I just had to let my hair grow. Mm. Well, for you, just a commitment of letting your hair grow. Mm. But that's just because I wanted to know about who I am and then impart that on the folks that I come across. Mm. So do they know? Hell, no, they don't know. Mm. We don't know because we're not taught. And even sometimes when you try to teach it, it gets shunned upon. So, nah, they don't know. And just, just, just that little bit inkling of knowledge, of understanding of who you are, how that just changes your whole reality, your whole perspective. Mm. Just knowing who you are. Who are you, man? Yeah. Where you come from? See, where I'm from, people will say, "Who you you folk?" People, they know you by your folk. Who you folk? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. There's a value in that. There's a power in that. Knowing your folks. Knowing your folk. Your lineage. Exactly. Where you come from. Where you, you come stop. from. Right. Right. Stop. Right. So stop. when you know those things, then nah, you can't take a nine and pull it on somebody. Mm. You can't be shysty. You can't be just an old bad, a, literally a bad person and try to do harm and inflict harm on somebody else. Because when I see you, I got to see that as a reflection, reflection on me. me. Absolutely. That's it. Reflection on me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We get away from that. We've gotten away from that. Yeah. Right. And it it's just, it's, they're just distractions, yeah. you know. So not to go down the rabbit hole on it. It's just, nah, we don't know. Yeah. And that's part of it. That's part of the teaching. That's part of the learning. Yeah. yeah. Self-mastery. Yep. I'm going to say this and then. And take us into a rapid fire, man. And get them up out of here. But when I heard you say, who your folk? There was a quote that said, um, I'm going to give you something more important than money. Mm. I'm going to give you something more important than anything materialistic, superficial. I'm going to give you a good last name. You feel me? Yes, sir. And so when they say, who your folk? That's you it. come from good stock. Right. Yeah. Going to segue into the rapid fire. You know, we just throw out words and see what comes to mind. You know, that's the format of how we do it. So, oh, the first word will be legacy. Oh, man. Legacy. What I think about is um, what I'm able to impart upon my great-great-grandchildren. Um, when they think of 
when they think of their history, think of their 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 folks, and that I'm a part of it. That um, every day, my 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 words and my walk and my actions are to benefit, inspire, uh, contribute to their lives. You know, so it's. And however way, you know what I'm saying? When we say legacy, we got monetary legacy. We got a whole lot of different legacies. You know, people make monuments and all of that type of stuff. Mm. Yet, um, at the end of the day, is when I think about my legacy, I think about my great-granddaddy. I think about my great-grandmama. I think about, you know, those sacrifices and think about those investments that they made, right? Yeah. And then... That that that's where I am in relation to it. And then in a minute, I'm gonna be the great granddaddy that they're talking about. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Can I be comparable to uh, my great granddaddy for you know my great grandchildren? Can I be that guy? Right? That's that's just that's it for me. You know, it ain't nothing grand. It's the thing that just keep you to keep. It keeps me going day to day. And keeps me getting up when I get knocked down. I'm trying to be that and want to be that for for mine that's coming forward. Beautiful. Beautiful. I'm gonna I'm gonna come and go a little different direction. Mm-hmm. Allison. Allison, um, my wife, um, gift from God, man. Um, that I feel was placed in my life to help shape and mold and make me a better person. Um, the truest form of unconditional love, right? The love is not yeah. based upon performance. It's not this performance-based love that I think oftentimes we get from the world. Right. We get a performance-based love. I'm going to love you based on your performance, mm-hmm. right? You do good, I love you. You don't, I don't love you, right? And so I think it's the truest and rawest form of unconditional love somebody else placed in my life every single day to root for me, to help me grow into a better person and the man that I'm destined to become. Yes, sir. Yes, yeah. sir. Extreme gratitude. Um, last one I'm going to give to you, Oak, is um, happiness. Man. Georgia being number one in the nation. <laughs> you go with this bulldog. <laughs> Listen, man. Listen, man. I ain't listen. gotta listen. I listen to everything else. I ain't listening to nothing about no UGA, man. <laughs> I ain't talking no, about UGA. Man, nah. I ain't talking about UGA, man. No, I'm, best I'm best not best talking best about UGA. Best I'm gonna tell you what I'm talking about. Yeah. Right now. Yeah. <laughs> Nolan Smith, they did the little interview with the defense, Kurt Hurst Street, a couple weeks ago when they were playing Arkansas, right? Mm-hmm. But they did the interview with, and you know, you can go check it out. It was just, it was one point. Mm hmm. Nolan Smith said uh, the difference between this defense and defense of the past, he said, when 17, whatever 17 call on third down, we running. Mm. We're going to be right together. We're going to be wrong together. Yeah. That got me up out my chair yeah, right yeah, there. Yeah, <laughs> that yeah. That got me up out yeah. my chair because that, that's the it, though. That's it. Yeah, that's one that's of the it. it's of life. You that's know what it. I'm saying? That lady yeah. over there, that's, that's about that wall. We, she wrong, she right. I'm right. Right. No doubt. You know what I'm saying? You right, you wrong, whatever. We ride. Now we, we ride. might discuss it on the back end. Yeah. But on the front end, we ride. And ride. and you know, we talked about loyalty. That's that's what it's about. 
Mm-hmm. So having those moments, sharing those moments with somebody that you can you can be vulnerable with, you can be just yourself. That's happiness. Yes, sir. That's that's where it is. Like if think about, it, I ask you this question: if, if heaven didn't have happiness, would you want to go? Mm. No. Okay. No. Let me get your your last one right here. <laughs> and throw it out to you. Two words. Throw me the alley. Nah, it's gonna be one. You know who I'm talking about, though. Ruben. Me Ruben. Yes, sir. It's Ruben. My mother. Um, what comes to mind, man, sacrifice. Um, what comes to mind is uh compassion. What comes to mind is um belief. Right? Belief, I so. Belief. Like uh and it's fueled my belief, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think as a, as a young man or a young woman, when you grow up in the world, but speaking to my, my situation with my mom, I think when you're young and you grow up and you just got a mom that like, you know at the game of don't nobody else cheer, your mama gonna be cheering, yeah. right? Yeah. If don't nobody else believe in you, your mama gonna believe in you. Right. And I've been fortunate enough to have that mom in my life and uh, I'm grateful for it. And I think it's played a vital role in the shaping and molding me into who I am today. You know, like I remember sitting in a car with my mom and my mom was counting chains mm-hmm. when I was a kid to buy me my first pair of football cleats. Yes, sir. Never forgot it, never forgot it. And so every time I approached the field, Cats was thinking about cheerleaders, whatever. Bro, I saw that image so clear and so vivid of me and my mom sending that old beat up Brig Regal, seats torn up, and she count them change and we go into sports authority and she get me them pair of cleats. I'm like, it's over with for these cats. Yeah, That's what I think about when I think about my mom, one that's willing to go the distance. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A1, she is A1. Solid. Man, we appreciate you guys' time, appreciate your support. Oak, you want to take us out? Always honored, just in a place of gratitude. Um, thank you. Thank you for giving us your time, giving us your ear. Maybe hopefully that science, we've said something, we sparked the conversation that'll push, push the culture along and just make us better. Thank you again. Peace.